Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. We are here. February, mid-February 2023, been bi-weekly as of lately as I've been organizing and reorganizing my life a little bit. Hopefully I'll get back to a weekly frequency sometime soon, but I appreciate your patience with me. If you would like to be in regular contact with me outside of the Get the Fuck Off podcast, feel free to subscribe to my emails, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. They are just as entertaining, but those are the one thing that I do keep up with. I send out, I think, two a week, at least one, if not two a week. And uh, while I do sometimes miss putting out an episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast, I rarely miss putting out an email. So subscribe there, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. If you're just a listener of the Get the Fuck Off podcast and you're not subscribed, you can feel free to do that as well. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. I wanted to talk about something that might not at the outset seem sexy to you, but it's actually something that matters quite a bit to me, and it's something that I tend to avoid as a person. So today's topic is about community, and I want to preface by saying I hate community. I hate it. Like, I, like, if there's one thing that I would avoid for the rest of my existence, it's community. Like, I hate it. But I'm actually involved in quite a few communities right now, and I attribute being a member of a community to essentially what ended up saving my life. And uh, that's why community is so important to me. And even though my natural tendency, it's like a karmic seed, I think. It's, it's one of my, it's part of my samsara. Did you guys know I was studying Buddhism this year? Um, it's part of my samsara. It's the it's the part of my life that I'm re-experiencing. And the reason that I I understand that this is something that came with me to this incarnation is because I've been this way my entire life. Like there's shit that I could attribute to childhood trauma. There's shit that I could attribute to my grandmother. I blame a lot of shit on her even though I've taken responsibility for it. There's still, I can see the origins of a lot of my crap in her. There's definitely a lot of origins of my crap in my mother. There's like uh, growing up in Northeast Pennsylvania. Like there's all kinds of shit that played a part, Western society, in all of the crap that is me. But the tendency to avoid community is something that came with the package. Since I was a young child, the last thing I ever wanted to do was play well with others. And... It was through community that I began to really be able to wake up 
and see myself in a powerful way. And so I wanted to kind of tell a little bit of a story about that in this episode of the podcast. This is going to be a very informal narrative about my own life. And as you listen to this story about my own life, I would encourage you to not hear it as a story about my life, but rather hear something about your own life in this delivery. This is really the story of us. This isn't so much the story of me. And um, maybe you'll find some parallels as to in this story. So I think a good place to start is the beginning of the pandemic. I've definitely talked about this in the podcast before. But lately, I've been listening to old podcast episodes because one of my day one members is listening to my old podcast episodes. So she's been going through and she's just been listening to podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast. She knows who she is. She's probably listening to this one right now. I don't like to mention people by name, but I'm grateful for her. She's amazing. And I kind of dig it that somebody likes the Get the Fuck Off podcast because I started this as just a bag of hot air that I think like five people in the world listen to. So I really love the fact that somebody is getting as much value out of it as she's getting. But she's been listening to old episodes. And so I took a trip down memory lane and those old episodes that I put out, I started listening to. And a lot of the early episodes of the Get the Fuck Off podcast were very informational because in the beginning of my coaching, I was very much an informational coach. I spoke in my last episode about slowing down to speed up and transformation that I have come to understand that a lot more is required to help facilitate transformation in other humans. And I always kind of had the knowledge of that with my early exploration of the subconscious when I stopped drinking because all of the texts that I read dealt with the subconscious mind. That was kind of my gateway in. That was how I gave up drinking essentially was playing with my subconscious beliefs rather than attacking a behavior. So, um, you know, I really um, understood that there was more than just information but, you know, I started learning about different things, neuro-linguistic programming, how to speak in different ways, how to reach people in different ways. It, it became much more comprehensive. But those old episodes have a lot, of, a lot of nuggets in them because they were very much like, hey, here's some stuff that you can do. And even though deeper work is required to make transformation in your life, information is necessary. So I was taking the trip back and I was listening and I was even thinking about re-releasing some of those old episodes of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. If you're a new listener to the podcast, uh, take a trip back. There's some good advice giving in there. Some of those things that I said back then, uh, I pretty much agree with most of them. I mean, some of them, where you're at in your journey, there might be something that resonates for you in terms of like where I was at at that time, right? So like, Everything that you put out into the world has a value and a place for someone at some point in their journey. So even though I continue to evolve, one of my old insecurities was that I was going to evolve out of the things I was saying. And then I was going to have to go back and say, oh, no, I don't mean that anymore. And I'm like, nah, you know, I'm just going to let everything exist as it was. And people can listen to it. And maybe something from 2021 will resonate with you better than something that I put out in 2023. Because I'm a hell of a lot deeper in 2023 than I was in 2021. So that's all that that. But why did I bring this up? I brought this up because I was listening to an old episode from March. It was really March 16th of 2021. And that was the one year anniversary of the day that our city shut down for COVID. 
And I know this might be interesting for you guys to hear, but every bit of everything that I have built over the last few years has really been since that day. Like, I would go as far as to say it started a month before. In February of 2020 was when I bought my domain, getthefuckoff.com. That was my first conversation that I ever had with Andy. And that was the month that my dear friend Ash Amberger released her book, The Middle Finger Project. And I read that book and it changed my life. And since that time, it's just been daily deposits of effort every day. Just, Just little deposits of effort. But... I recorded a podcast on the one-year anniversary of March 16th, 2020, the day that our city shut down for COVID, because that was the last day that I ever worked at the job that I was at for 11 years. And that was important to me because I just did that unconsciously on autopilot and was very much stuck and I couldn't figure out why. And through my... How do I want to say this? Through my research almost, research and time spent in community and meditation and spiritual study and intellectual endeavors and understanding of um, things like neuroscience and the brain and everything else, I have come to learn a great deal about why I was stuck in that for so long. But when that, when our city shut down for COVID, I essentially was able to have a pause for the first time in my adult life. Like I got out of college in 2008, right into a recession, and I went right into survival mode of I've got to make money right away. I got to make money because I can't end up back at my parents' house in Pennsylvania. My parents and I did not have the best of relationships back then. We have all grown quite a bit. And some of that's just age. And some of that is introspection. But at that time, it was very like toxic and chaotic and not so great. And I I just couldn't, it wasn't healthy for me to live there. Like I had to make it. There was no choice. Now I'm in New York City. I've got rent that is at the, what at the time was astronomical. And now like, uh, and I was just in survival, right? Like I went into survival. I got that job and that survival just continued. So that's, that's what happened. And I didn't breathe. For 11 years and then 2020 came and I could breathe for the first time and we always like all like I knew it was fucked up like I knew it was a fucked up situation that was there but I didn't know how to really pause to see it and of course I was an alcoholic so I was drinking all the time to kind of hide from all of that and then right after Christmas 2019 I decided I'm I'm gonna give up alcohol because of unrelated things and when March of 2020 happened I was just a few months sober and this was the first time that I had a pause to pause like actually pause my motions and to see my life with clarity I had never had that experience before well what happened I I I did I'm talking about old podcast episodes right a year following I did a podcast episode about having upset because I had essentially changed who I was and the people in my life had not caught up with that. And I was talking about the adjustment period after changing your identity because sometimes when you change your identity, the people in your world do not follow that. They, they don't go along with you 
with that. So when our city shut down, I was following Andy Petronic. He's been on the podcast. And I just started following him. Like I spent as many minutes as I could consuming everything that he put into the world. Everything. Like he showed up nobly in in the most amazing way. I actually wrote a a story in the book, The Daily Gift of Gratitude, which was published in December of 2022, about Andy. He showed up every day and led meditations out of the goodness of his heart. He didn't have to do it. He didn't charge money for it. He just did it every single day. He did live workouts every afternoon. He did videos with just thoughts. He read from books about personal development. I mean, he did, he showed up and led. Like, and he's just a natural leader. He was a Marine. He has been an entrepreneur his whole life. He's just a leader. And I followed him. And through my followership of him, I, I read every book he was reading. I, if he was doing something, I wanted to do it. Like if he was, if he thought something was important, I thought it was important. I just, I just immersed myself in this world of, of mindfulness, of personal development, of growth, of pause, of going inward. And I began a journey toward myself, like untying my own knots and I did this every day and it was uncomfortable I mean there were so many days and I did it with sober eyes like I did it with a sober set of eyes every single day until the end of the year uh, November of 2020 when I finally launched GTFO because I bought the domain in February of 2020 and then when the pandemic hit I thought you know this might not be a great time to launch a brand about quitting smoking and drinking (laughs) because this is what what it started as it probably was the time that people needed it the most, but I didn't think that my particular audience was going to value it. I thought that they would just reject it. And sure enough, we saw the world just lunge into reactive behavior because they didn't know how to handle themselves. That's a whole other story. So it's not a whole other story. It's aligned with what I do now. But it's I just felt that the timing was not the best. So I waited until November of 2020. I wouldn't have done it any other way. I wouldn't have gone back and done it differently. I also needed to really know what the fuck I was talking about like I knew how I did the things that I did but I wanted to have more resources so I think all the time that I spent reading and studying and learning was appropriate and I launched it in November of 2020 and I I immediately began working with people Uh, not not like a zillion people but but I began working with people right at that time because I had built a followership through online spaces that I was a part of this is I'm getting into community and why community is so important to me I had built a followership and and I and I started and then by the one year that we were kind of out of work well I wasn't out of work you know I was restarting my new you know my business people had not people in my in my personal orbit had not caught up to who I was And they didn't have the ideas in their minds about who I was. But I had the idea in my mind. And there was an incongruence and it didn't feel real good. It felt icky. Sometimes we go through this when people are operating with dated versions of us. We we feel that they 
how dare they not know who we are? How dare they? Because I was under this bizarre impression that when we all stopped working at that job, that we all went through this transformative period of peace and bliss and self-discovery and openness and awakening. Like I went through this. I I thought in my mind that that was what everybody went through. And I didn't realize that that wasn't what everybody went through. Like that was what I went through. Everybody else had a completely different experience than I did. And then when it came to be a year later, it seemed like people in my life just weren't seeing me for who I was seeing myself as. And there was just all of this. It, it just became that I just, I stopped talking to people. I just, I was like, I can't, I can't fuck with you. You know, I can't, I can't fuck with you. And it's not that I don't like the people. It's that I wholly did not identify with my old self at all. And one thing that I've learned about people in your life is that they'll go out of their way to remind you of who you've been. And it's not that I have any secrets about who I've been. I've certainly been hateful and heinous. I've had bad relationships with men. I've been codependent. I used to chase married men. I used to be like really big on only getting involved with involved people. Like I really wasn't awesome. Like I said a lot of hateful things about a lot of different types of people. I was very insecure. I was very like I had all kinds of ugly shit about me. I have no discretion about any of it. I am open about all of it. Please come and ask me. Go ahead. Enjoy yourselves. Um, I, I'm not, that's not, a, it's not a secret. But I also went through a massively transformative period, really that started in 2018, but then kind of moved forward and was accelerated by the pandemic. And I found myself with people just kind of not knowing me. And that was when I recorded that podcast episode a year to the date back in um, 2021. Now, why am I bringing this up now? I'm bringing this up now because I want to talk about what really happened to me and why and why community is so important. When I had my rock bottom moment in 2018 when my ex-boyfriend left me at the airport in the middle of the night, in the middle of January, without a flight home, I, like, I needed some serious help. I needed help. I really needed help. I was working at this job that was misaligned completely. I was massively overweight. I was smoking a pack a day. I was, like, I was an alcoholic. I had all of these things happening. I was in a codependent, reactive relationship. He's not a bad guy. I don't want anybody to walk away from this episode with ammo about the fact that he's a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. Hurt people hurt people. And I certainly hurt him just as much as he hurt me. It was a symbiotic relationship of hurt. It's better that it's over and it's better that we don't talk to each other. But it's we he's not a bad guy he's actually a very good person so you know I don't know who listens to this shit but you know I'm I'm sure that I have a couple of followers who probably hang around waiting for me to say something I have I have no villains in my story except for my unhealed self but he I went to visit him and you know shit happened it was fueled by alcohol and he dropped me at the airport in the middle of the night without a flight home in the middle of January I've written about it and talked about it quite a bit and when I was at the airport, a couple of integral things happened that evening that caused me to be able to really see myself. 
a lot of people do not get opportunities to see themselves outside of a rock bottom. And when you have a rock bottom, the veil just gets thin. So let me explain how it all kind of went. I, it was a smaller airport. So because it was a smaller airport, you couldn't get into the airport. Like TSA opened at 5 a.m. It was 2 a.m. Right. So like you're in the pre-TSA part of the airport. There's no businesses open. There's no Dunkin' Donuts. There's no McDonald's. There's no 24-hour like JFK kind of shit. No. This is like a a smaller airport. So it's me on a bench. It's cold. It's quiet. There's no elevator music playing. It's just silence, you know. And um, it was like that for, for quite a few hours. And then when I finally was able to secure a flight, when I was finally able to go through TSA, when I was finally able to um, you know, I, I went into a restaurant to get some food. I ordered a beer. They were like, no alcohol until 10 a.m. Like, why did I need to order a beer? <laughs> so I ordered a diet soda. At the time, I still had a massive diet soda addiction. I used to drink several liters a day of diet soda. And I, I worked at a restaurant, so it was free, right? Like fountain soda. So they forgot it. And I felt like so discarded by them forgetting my soda. Like, can somebody just care about me? Like, I got left at this airport. Like, only like two of my friends in New York know that I'm here. I have been abandoned here. And I, you know, I'm like, can somebody just give a fuck about me and not forget my soda? Like, can you just, can somebody just not forget about me? And um, so I finally asked for it, you know, because I work in the business. I get it. I worked in the business, rather. Um, Like, what ended up happening was I, it was about time for my flight. My flight was, I think, around 8 a.m. that I finally got a flight on Skip Lagged. And I went to the gate, and there was a woman. And I was sitting, like, kind of hunched over, looking like shit. I must have looked disgusting. I must have stunk because I like reeked of booze and everything else and um, there was a woman sitting across from me at the gate and she said are you okay and I screamed at this woman like I screamed at her that yes I'm fine and I realized in that moment like it was like I don't know how to describe to you guys a waking up moment other than your vision kind of gets blurry and you kind of just leave your body for like a split second and you see yourself and I saw myself and I was like, oh my God, I'm responsible for all of this. I'm responsible for all of this. Here I have been talking about how no one cares about me, how I've been left here, how I've been abandoned here, how all of this stuff, and yet this human asks me if I'm okay, and I scream at her angrily, mean, horribly, like like a, a mean fucking person. And uh, I realized at that moment, oh my God, this is this is all me. I, di- I did all of this. This might not sit well with some of you guys, but this is about like taking responsibility. It's a big personal development concept. One of the things that you you start to learn is that while not everything is your fault, including things that might have happened in your childhood or things like that, everything is your responsibility. Absolutely everything. It's not anyone else's responsibility. It's yours. So I ended up going back to New York and a few days later, a friend of mine asked me to join the Whole Life Challenge. Now, 
the whole life challenge I've talked about before. But that was my only community. And what it was, I mean, it was a, a wellness thing. Like it was seven daily habits based in wellness, exercise, eating, you know, like nutrition, um, sleep, hydration, these things. And at the end of the day, you posted a reflection. And I did it at first with friends and it was very powerful for me. But then after a few more times, my friends, uh, the momentum was kind of waning a little, right? Like that was actually how I got my life in order, was, was doing that thing. Well, how I got my health in order was, was doing the whole life challenge. But I wanted to do it again. Like I felt like there was something powerful for me in that. And my friends did it with me the second time. But then there was like a third time that was still that year and my friends – I think they were like, uh, you know, I'm like, do we really want to do this again? It's just the same old shit. So I joined the team of the co-founder, who was Andy. And I had on that team just a list of names. Like it was a list of names. People that play the same, play, because the Whole Life Challenge has this group of people that just play over and over and over again. Some of them have been playing for like, I don't know, since it started. How many years is that? Well over 10 if not 15, I don't remember the year that they started. But these people have been playing for so damn long. And they come back every single time. And so I just started playing with these strangers. Like I started playing with the strangers on this team. And I didn't know the strangers. And the strangers didn't know me. But every day I would write a reflection. And I started to have a community of people that were not the people that I worked with at the restaurant because when you look around at your life most of the people in your life are probably like you they probably have similar beliefs as you they probably have a similar socioeconomic status as you they probably have similar education as you like if you look around you are the makeup of the five to six people closest to you and I was the makeup of the five to six people closest to me and they were all just like me. Like I had a lot of chaotic thoughts, a lot of codependent thoughts, a lot of toxicity, a lot of victim consciousness and the people closest to me were like that. So the whole life challenge gave me access to a group of people who were really nothing more than names on a list. But those people became my community. And, uh, you know, every time I was like trying to get friends to join with me so that that way I could go back and, and be with, like I would always have a team of people I knew and then I would always go play with the strangers as well because I felt kind of awkward at the time of just playing with the strangers, which I eventually got to. <laughs> so I'll, So I wanted to talk about this community because if it had not been for that community and for Andy and for all of those names that became people because eventually I got to know the people behind the names. We all started adding each other on Facebook. We started following each other on Instagram. If I didn't get to know those people behind the names, when COVID happened, I wouldn't have had access to that, to to any of that. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have shifted that way because I wouldn't have known anyone like I, I would have been alone and that's why I created day one because as I started working one-on-one -on -one with people I noticed a lot of people lacked community and when you lack community you lack evidence that things can be different because a lot of people are looking at the world that they're in and they think that it's true they think that the world just is like this I hear a lot I'm going to use air quotes other people other people are like this and it's like well maybe that's not true maybe just the other people that you know 
are like this, but that doesn't mean that other people are like this. And, you know, I came from an atheist background and I didn't have access to spirituality in a way that made sense. I mean, I came from a fucking Roman Catholic town. I didn't like Roman Catholic people. I didn't like what the Roman Catholics had to say. And and that was my idea in my mind of, I mean, my parents were atheists, but like my grandmother is Roman Catholic and the whole town was Roman Catholic. And I didn't have access to people that thought about spirituality and thought about like God or Tao or anything differently. I didn't have access to Eastern philosophies. I just didn't have access. Like I was not able to access And it's kind of like you can walk into a library. The world is your oyster. You can go on the internet. The world is your fucking oyster. But if you don't know what to read, it's completely useless. So a year after, like in that old podcast episode, a year after the the great rebirth, I was going through what I like to call the ugly phase. The ugly phase where you're kind of standing there and you're a new person and all the people who know you all of a sudden don't know you anymore. And they have to come to grips with who you are or they end up typically falling away. And a lot of people did fall away and it wasn't because of any sort of resentment or anything like that. It's just you can't maintain relationships with people that you don't match the frequency of. You just can't. It'll cause upset in either you or the other person. You just, as you start going on a growth journey, for example, you're going to start triggering the fuck out of other people in your life and they're either going to level up with you or they're going to fall away. And that's just kind of how it works and that's how it worked for me. Uh, Good riddance. I mean, you know, it doesn't, I don't have ill will, but I celebrate relationships ending. Like I celebrate the fact that my ex-boyfriend and I are no longer together. I celebrate my new relationship because we are more aligned. I celebrate the fact that I've lost a lot of friendships and I celebrate the fact that I've gained a lot of friendships. And I celebrate the fact that I allowed myself to be in community even though I want to avoid community typically because community was the way out. Like community was the piece that I needed. I couldn't do it with what I had. And I knew I couldn't do it with what I had. And there was an adjustment period. You know, there was, it was like the adjustment period. I spoke in that two-year-old, it's now almost two years ago, podcast episode about how when I became an athlete, the people in my life did not have an idea of me as an athlete and even and of course there's no way that an athlete can look but when we think about like what does an athlete look like what do you think like you think of somebody that's physically fit that's constantly achieving athletic goals and for me back in 2017 when I ran my first half marathon and then going into 2018 before the airport incident that was heard around the world I didn't look like an athlete and a lot of people didn't adjust their idea of me as an athlete. They still thought of me as a barstool ornament and they still thought of me as someone that really didn't take that seriously. So like my mother, for example, when I would go home to visit and I would say, I want to go running on a Saturday morning, she was like, oh, you don't have to do that. Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to, you know, and not maliciously or anything. She just didn't want me to do that. She wanted me to spend time with her and hang out. And now here we are five years later, 2023, really just a little over four. It'll be five at the end of the year. Um, And my mom sees me now as an athlete. Like she has adjusted her vision of what she believes about me. And she knows I go running in the morning and that's expected. And it's not a, a thing we talk about anymore. It's not a thing that's weird to her anymore. And uh, she tracks me in my races. And when I ran the Chicago Marathon in 2021, she actually 
noticed as she's watched Josh and I on the tracker, uh, or me and Josh rather, she she said, uh, "Wow, they're going out. They they're going out too fast. Like they're running too fast." And she noticed, and sure enough, she was right because she she learned enough about me in my sport that she knew. I was running too fast and I was going to hit a wall and I did and she was right and she told me about it afterwards she said I yeah I, I noticed you guys went out too fast and we did because we for the heat for all of it like it was just too fast but that took her a while to get there and um I had to be patient for that while she adjusted that now I want to talk about something that happened to me this week because I think it's important it's actually last week now I was with one of my, what what I would consider to be a very close friend. So this isn't just somebody that doesn't know me. Like this isn't somebody that doesn't keep in regular contact with me. This is somebody that talks to me every day. And I was out with this person along with another one of my friends. And this person asked me, asked me, you know, knowing me now for several years, Knowing what I do for a living, knowing, you know, all about, you know, I, I'm not like, I don't, you know, boast about it all the time, but I, I think I talk enough about my work. Asked me after last month, I, I made more money last month than I've ever made in a month in my entire adult life. Okay. It was a five figure number. It was a nice five figure number. And uh, I'm not saying that to be braggadocious I'm just saying that it was a milestone for me that that's what happened and this person who is a friend of mine asked me if I was on unemployment and I I I, like I was speechless I I couldn't I I was uh, like I'm speechless now bringing it up I left my jobs, I worked side jobs in 2021. I was very open about that. I worked at a bar in Chelsea, one, sometimes two days a week. And I worked at a wedding venue on the weekends. The wedding venue was what really paid well. I mean, the wedding venue was amazing. And often on Saturdays, I'd work like doubles, right? I'd work a, like a, a bat mitzvah during the day or a bar mitzvah. And then at night, there would be a wedding. And um, I worked that in 2021. In November of 2021... I left those jobs voluntarily to drive across the country and then I came back to New York and I began, well I didn't begin, I continued to work for myself. When you leave jobs voluntarily, you are not eligible for unemployment. And I, I was just like, I didn't, I didn't understand, like it, the question didn't make sense to me. Like, of course, I was a service industry employee prior to March 16th, 2020. I collected employment, unemployment. That was then, like it's 2023. Like, I, I, I uh, this is not somebody that's just a casual acquaintance in my life. This is a friend. This is a friend of mine. Somebody that knows me asked me this question. And I just started thinking about all of the nervous system regulation that I have had to do over the last few years, really. Because when you go into business for yourself, there's 
one big piece that you have to do, and that's train your nervous system for visibility. Simone Soul talks about this. Uh, before I was aware of who she was, though, I was doing that, but I like the way that she um, phrases it, train your nervous system for visibility. She actually does this thing called the Garbage Post Challenge, which went viral. It was one of her podcast episodes, and it was about, like, just make 100 posts in 30 days. It doesn't even matter what it is. It just has to include words. Training your nervous system for visibility and being able to speak with authority is not something that is easy when you have worked in service for as long as I did. Because, you know, things like sitting on your computer, sending emails, cold calling people. Not that I cold call people, but like I do things like if I want to have a conversation with somebody, I'll send them a link to my calendar and be like, hey, book some time. Let's have a chat. You know, that's something that I do. Um, Not with prospective clients, but definitely with people that I want in my network. Just being able to, you know, make phone calls. And these were things that I was actually afraid to do three years ago. I'm not sugarcoating any of this. I had visceral, visceral body responses when I had to pick up the phone and call a strange person and now all I do is speak to strange person strange people like that's all I do people that I have never met I get on zoom with people I have never met pretty much every day this is not like (laughs) I'm or you know like people that I have never met in person I get on Zoom with every single day so this is not something that's difficult for me now but it was just three short years ago that that was difficult And I think about just all of the little micro adjustments that I've had to make in the last three years. And I was once again reminded, oh, everybody has not done this. Everybody does not have access to this. Everybody does not have a completely different orbit of people now than they did three years ago and that doesn't just mean the people I know in New York that means people like not every human today has a completely different orbit of people than they had three years ago I mean for myself personally I had the same orbit of people for over a decade like those were the only people that I knew that I associated with I don't even know why I had nothing in common with most of them it just didn't make any sense but that's a whole other story but like community And being in community is the antidote to that. Because when you're in community, you get to see yourself from multiple perspectives. And you get to have evidence that people are a different way than the people that you're used to. And people behave differently than the people that you're used to. And you start to think in terms of new possibilities. There isn't just a blanket statement of, oh, well, I can't do this this way. You just start to understand Oh, yeah, actually, I can do that this way. And so that's been some of my challenges this year in terms of community because what I like to do, what I intend, what I really love to do is I love to learn and I love to listen to audiobooks and listen to all my shit, but I don't love to go be around other humans. Like, I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love it. So what I do is I make myself do it. I make myself go be with other humans because I remember how much I opened up to be in that first initial community and that's why I love leading day one. There are a couple of people in day one that worked with me one-on-one and it was 
a beautiful experience to bring them to the circle of other women and have them be able to be among other women and to be able to see, oh, this is possible. And it's not just Andy saying it's possible, but it's this other person saying it's possible. And oh, this other person is doing this and that's something. And if they can do this, well, I can do this. And you start to see that. And you start, you stop being limited by this, by your limiting beliefs. And you just get past your little self and start really expanding. So that's why day one is so, 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 so powerful. I started showing up in person for Buddhism class. And I have the option to do it online. It's it's offered hybrid. And the first class, I was like, I do not want to go. And I was freaking the fuck out. And I talked to Martin about it. And I said, are they going to make me take my shoes off? And he said, they may. And sure enough, they did. And, uh, you know, just talking about being afraid to go into this new orbit where everyone knows each other. And I didn't. And sure enough, I got to this class and... Everyone knew each other. A lot of these people did yoga together. They did meditation together already or they had been in Dharma together already. Dharma was something that I had been studying on my own before this class. And I just kept showing up and I learned a lot. And now I have become friendly with a woman that's in the class that sits next to me. And she's been really, she's been studying Buddhism now for quite a number of years And she's just been telling me about all of these different things that I wasn't previously aware of. I'm learning about different traditions. I'm learning how to hold my fingers when we offer the mandala at the beginning and like how you say certain words and why you say certain words. And just, I'm just learning a lot in the community and being in the space. And when I go sit in the space, I get past my little self that wants to isolate and wants to not do it and wants to judge because my my little self wants to judge everyone like the old Andy of 10 years ago that was who she was she was just so she just was so rigid like in so many ways and that rigidity translated as hate in a lot of ways and there was so much judgment for others which is really just judgment of self like it's really all self-hate it's not hate of others it just comes out as hate of others sometimes and that person still exists in there deep 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 and I push past and I go sit not just in Zoom now because I have a whole orbit of people on Zoom that I see. I mean, I, I was talking about how it all really began with Andy's communities. But I have since entered into many other communities since his communities on right from my computer and met new individuals and had my my beliefs challenged and I was able to expand and see myself so deeply in ways that maybe I wouldn't have people asking me questions that that are to do with me like when I was having um, a lack of participation in day one for example I went to a friend that I that is also a coach um, and I said to her, you know, what what can I do about this? And she said, this is an excellent opportunity for you to look at yourself. And that is exactly what I needed. I needed to be 
to be redirected in that way. And I did look at myself. And because I looked at myself, I was able to see where am I not participating? Where am I not giving? Where am I not giving my heart and my energy and my time to these people? And for that, I I doubled down and I and I got in there and I stepped up as a leader. And now we have incredible participation like anytime someone new comes into the space they're like I've never seen this much participation in a group and that's important to me because people don't love to participate in shit like they just don't I don't so I have a lot of online there's a lot online but to be able to go and sit in person like that's something that's me pushing past because community despite my desire to avoid it is the thing that helps me grow Like, I love to run. I run 40 to 50 miles a week. I don't want anyone around when I do those runs. I can't stand when people are around when I do those runs. And yet, I challenge myself to show up and race. I don't want to. I don't want to show up. I don't want to show up. I don't want to be with the people. I don't want to run with the people. I don't want anything to do with the people. And then I get there and I'm in love. I'm in love with my body. I'm in love with the other people. I'm in love with my mind. I'm in love with my spirit. I'm in love with my past. I'm in love with my present. I'm in love with my being. I'm in love with my essence. I'm just in love. And I, I don't get that experience when I'm just, you know, thump, blah, 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 right by myself by the river. I mean, sometimes I do, sure, sometimes. But the way that it feels to do it with a group of people is just something incredible. And the last two races I ran, I didn't do it with Josh. I registered for those races and I did it alone. And I showed up and there were people there. And I spoke to the people before and I had like chit-chat with strangers and I had chit-chat with strangers after. And when I made myself go be in community, it opened me. It helped me. It took my my spirit and, and just made it more alive. Like it just brought it to the surface and I just felt my heart open to so much and I never could have that when I was not in community and um, so as I guess as I'm wrapping up this podcast one of the things that I wanted to just kind of circle back to was this idea of being with others and doing something different and understanding that the people, as you're making a transformation, as you're going through your life, the people that are around you might take a while to catch up to who you are. And as evidenced by one of my friends and that story that I told about that question that he asked, um, some people just won't because some people don't update who they are. It actually is threatening for some people to update their idea about who they are. So for some people, you you changing is um, might even feel like an attack. Yeah, I went through that a lot in my early sobriety in that people around me that drank started to question, well, what does this mean about me? And it doesn't mean anything. Because, again, I wasn't, I didn't drink in the morning. I wasn't carrying a bottle in my bag to work. I was just a, I was just a binge drinker. By the end of it, I was binge drinking about two days a week. But I wasn't, like, get up in the morning and, and crack open the Johnny Walker. You know, I wasn't that person. But it was just a, it was the fact that when you do drink in moderation, and I mean, it wasn't moderation. Let's go back. I didn't drink in moderation. I had a problem. 
But the problem wasn't the thing that other people would look at and say, oh yeah, that looks like a problem. I mean, sure, some people that were close to me probably knew that. But in our life, in our society with alcohol, we paint alcohol as a positive thing. Craig Beck talks about this in Alcohol Lied to Me. Annie Grace talks about it. Holly Whitaker talks about it. These are three people that you should uh, look up if you are looking to quit drinking or want to drink less and you want some literature as to why. Uh, Holly Whitaker's Quit Like a Woman is a phenomenal book. But um, alcohol is seen as positive by our society and because it's seen seen as positive it's the only drug that we have to defend not using so even though alcohol was a problem for me it was a problem because it wasn't this uh, stereotypical alcoholic losing their job ending up in jail kind of situation a lot of people would say well you didn't really need to stop drinking that was something that I heard in the beginning and it used to offend me because I was like, ah, this, yes, I did. Yes, I did. My life, like, how could you look at me and what my life is and tell me that I was doing well? I wasn't. I was, I was a mess. What the fuck? Like, but because my use was not excessive to the point that it was all day, every day, the idea is, well, you don't really need to, you know, like, you don't really need to. But yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, people like to throw out the line, you're not an alcoholic. Alcoholics go to meetings. A friend of mine told me that someone said that to him recently. You know, if you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have, a, you know, a, an IV bag of vodka attached to you all the time. It could just mean that, like, when you have a couple of beers, you end up having seven. And like maybe maybe that's a little bit not manageable for you. And like it's okay to not do it. It's perfectly acceptable not to drink. But this is just an example of how when you make a change, other people in your life feel weird about it. Because, uh, because they start to ask the question, well, what does that make me? Because really nobody, this is a wild concept. And I wish that someone had given this to me before you know, before in my before times so that I could chew on it. And maybe they did. And maybe I just didn't hear it. So I want to slow down and I want to say this slowly. And I want to ask you if you could just try to hear something differently in this. Other people do not see you. They see themselves. They do not see you. I'm, I'm saying this very slowly because I want to be heard. Other people do not see you. They see themselves. And who you are is a part of their experience. And if you alter who you are, they feel dis-ease sometimes about themselves. Now, there are some people that do not feel dis-ease because those people are very comfortable with their own experience. But some people are not. And they need others and circumstances to stay constant to stay what they're used to to be able to feel okay 
And as you make change, you might get slack from the people closest to you. I've talked about that a lot on the podcast, uh, oddly in older episodes, because I used to get the slack back then. And um, as I move forward, I'm sure I'm going to get more slack. And that's just going to happen. But I would like you to entertain, if you can, the idea of joining community. Because community is one of the most powerful things that you can join and and do to to be able to facilitate your own growth for me it was a non-negotiable for me I would not have made the change that I made and I've made a lot of fucking change in the last couple of years if I did not have community it would not have happened I'm not this isn't a guess it would not have happened like community was the most important thing so this is just something that I would like you guys to chew on this isn't great opportunity for a plug and I'm going to put one here day one is reopening in a month I'm going to start talking about that in about a month. So please, uh, this is probably, <laughs> probably should have put this episode out in a month, but uh, it's fresh for me now. So I'm talking about it now. So if you do not get my emails and want updates about day one, you can go to dayone.getthefuckoff.com and subscribe for updates. You can go to my website, getthefuckoff.com, and you can read all about day one group coaching. There's testimonials and things on there. Those testimonials, I'll probably have a couple more as we get closer to the end point, and we'll be reopening the mindset course inside. Oh, tell you what this is my first course that I ever created and it's it's pretty good man I, I really love it I think that it's fanta- fantastic and uh, that is something that I'm really proud of the women in day one and the way that they support one another phenomenal uh, one of my members said that she had not ever been in a group of women where there wasn't any drama and um, I'll be honest I, I don't think I have either I mean this is really my first one that I mean obviously like there's been you know, personal development communities that haven't had drama, but this is a group of women. <laughs> Can we just say that? I mean, like, well, what, is it, what do you mean by that, Andy? What do you think? Um, so I'm pretty proud of that. And I honestly, I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that I am willing to look at myself and I'm willing to know that if somebody irritates or triggers me, it's not about them and I'll communicate that. And I think others feel safe to be that way as well. And so there is never any pointy fingers or a tacky language, which I'm super proud of. And, and I think that it's awesome because really that's not useful. You know, it's not useful to be that way. And I am so, so grateful for the amazing women that have come together as leaders, really. Leaders of themselves, leaders of their lives, leaders of their experience to be able to come into day one and, and just be in that space of growth be uncomfortable we be with others I know that that was a turning point for me to be able to do that and uh, if you're looking for a massive transformation this year that is the space so I will be opening us one more time and then we're going to close for the summer probably I'm saying indefinitely because I don't know when we'll reopen so if you've been listening now for a while to the podcasts and you've been on the fence and you've been not sure This might be your last opportunity for quite a while to join us. So subscribe for the updates, dayone.getthefuckoff.com or just go to my website or you can just email me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. I'm going to be back soon with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast, everybody. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and stay beautiful.